episode 34. Futsal isn't soccer, but here's why you need to play. Here's a quote from Xavi Hernandez, the former Barcelona football player. In futsal, you see whether a player is really talented. In normal football, you don't necessarily identify talent as easily because it's so much more physical. But with futsal, you notice the small details in quality, class, and tactical understanding. Let me start this episode off by telling you that I am literally the biggest fan of futsal. If I had to pick between playing futsal and playing soccer, futsal is my choice. And that's because I've grown up with the game since I was a young player, and I've gotten many different experiences with some of the best coaches in the world in terms of the process of how to use it to develop players. And the biggest reason why I like futsal so much is because that you cannot hide in this game. Too many times I watch players playing the game of football or soccer and they can hide. They can literally check out of the game and hide. Stay behind defenders, not show up, and just not play. They can, they can literally be on the field but not play. In futsal, that's impossible. And it comes down to simple math. In futsal, you play 5v5, which means you play with a goalkeeper and four court players. If one player decides to hide on the court and not play, you've lost 25% of your on-the-field court players. If you do that in soccer and you have one player, for example, not want to play defense, you still have 88%, and I don't know what the exact number is, of your team still playing. That's, that's minuscule compared to the futsal reference. So just from a standpoint of that, hiding, hiding, that's why I love futsal. Because if you try and hide, your team's going to lose. Secondly, if you try and hide, that means you're not good enough. So you cannot hide on this court because you're going to get exposed. If you're not good enough on a futsal court, you are going to get exposed. And that right there, is for me is what's so important. And I want to bring back that Chavi quote because he says you, you can see the fine or the, the really detailed qualities of a player. Because in futsal, there's no hiding. If you don't have high qualities, you cannot play the game. You can play football or soccer, however, and not have extremely high qualities because you can hide in games and you can only do certain aspects or elements and get away with it, right? Romelu Lukaku is a great goal scorer, but is not a super technical player. And that's that's just the qualities that he has. He's very athletic, very aggressive, very strong, uh, can score goals. But if you come to a technical quality standpoint, he doesn't have it. And there's minor other details tactically that he's probably lacking um, in that regard. And that makes a huge difference because if you want to be an elite player, you need to be able to dominate in every category that I've mentioned before. And I think that allows players to have the potential to do so. Okay, so that right there for me is the first premise of why futsal is so great. In terms of young player development, I'm going to give you basically six key things that futsal develops that you probably don't even understand or realize. So if you're a parent or a player just jumping into the game, and maybe you've seen a little bit, right? But if you're really trying to get into the game of futsal, there are six things that are going to be developing, and it's going to take time, but that will develop in players, whether they're young or older, okay? Now, I do need to tell you this before proceeding, 
that to play futsal, it's much better for young players to get into the game than to bring older players. So when I mean young, I mean 8, 7, 9, 10. You put them into futsal, they're going to develop much quicker in the long run than an older player. And that's because they're going to have a lot more qualities relatable to the game quicker. Whereas in soccer, if you if you come from a soccer background first and you try to get into futsal, you, you develop first what I call soccer syndrome. And that means that after you pass, you stand still. In futsal, that doesn't happen. So I'm going to explain a little bit how these six things can really be developed through futsal. All right, so the first aspect I want to discuss is called rotations. Now, rotations are very similar to basketball plays because futsal is a combination of basketball, handball, and soccer. So it has a lot of the basketball rules and handball rules, but it's played like soccer. Now, it's not literally played like soccer because you can't chuck a ball down a court and expect to win. So kickball, for example, is not effective, and that comes back to the hiding part. A lot of teams can try and hide in futsal by chucking the ball down the court, but it's not going to be effective. Okay, maybe 98 times out of 100, kickball or chuckball is not going to work. Okay, so rotations are essentially where players move, and they're called plays in basketball, where players move in the game to try and create an overload or an unbalanced situation against opponents. So that essentially means one player is going to run here, this player runs there, the ball is going to go to this player, they're going to play a 1-2, and then you're going to get a, a shot to the second post, right, as a general idea. So they're literally plays that teams run. So from a tactical standpoint, that accelerates player development because in soccer, there is no such thing as a play. You don't run plays in soccer. You don't tell a player to run here, player run there, the ball's going to come to this player who's going to set this player, get the ball in and for, for a cross. It doesn't happen. You, there's a lot more freedom in the game, but this really accelerates tactical development in young players because they have to now be aware and understand the patterns and rotations that you're running based on what you see from the opponent. So you would call out a play. So for example, you would say, one, and you're going to run X play because you feel that that play is is going to unlock the defense to create a goal-scoring chance. And, and you do these because the other team's not going to know what your play is. So when you're running the play and they see players moving into different positions, they now have to make immediate decisions on how they defend that. Do they go man for man? Does their shape break down? And a lot of goals are scored from plays because there's a, a lack of communication or organization from the defense to handle the situation. So I hope that gives you an idea of a rotation or what it, why it's important. Um, and then there's different types of rotations. So for example, there's a rotation in a 3-1 system. There's a, a rotation or rotations in a 2-2 system. There's rotations in a 4-0 system. So every system that you play in futsal, there's different rotations that you can train. Now, to really understand the rotations, especially if they're young, young players, it's going to take, really, honestly, for them to really get it, three months. If you do a lot of futsal training, three times a week, three months, for them to really start hammering home, let's say, five, six, seven different rotations. And, and that's because it takes a lot of time to develop these things. But in terms of the process of accelerating player development, rotations are phenomenal. The second one I want to discuss is awareness. 
And what I mean by awareness, this is visual. This is you analyzing the court and taking in information. So for example, if you play as the fix, and the fix is like a center defensive midfielder in soccer, but they have a lot more power in this game. And that's just because there's so much more that they can control because there's less players. Now in terms of the awareness, when you play as a fix, normally you're going to play against an opponent that's called a pivo. He's like a, a striker, okay, on simple, lamest terms. Now, most pivos are going to play behind the fix. So that means as the fix, there's no offside in futsal, so you need to constantly scan behind you and know where the opponent is and try and cut passing lanes. So that's awareness. So you have to constantly be scanning and checking your shoulders and then providing teammates instruction on how to step, how to cut passing lanes, how to stay compact, how to block the middle, whatever the section or the the play is that you're trying to block on the opponent. So that right there means you have to constantly be checking around you for information. The other side of that is, from the offensive standpoint, is the reason why you need to scan or be aware, or the awareness aspect, is because in futsal, on average, or the averages, you receive the ball, and within 0.9 seconds, you are under pressure. Which means you receive it and bang, bang, you got hit by somebody. 0.9 seconds. That means not even a second of receiving the ball, you're already under pressure from an opponent. Now, in the analysis of soccer or football, at the Premier League level, which was considered the fastest league in the world for soccer, the average time a player had before being under pressure was 2.2 three seconds so you can already see that there's essentially a like a 1.4 1.5 percentage difference between futsal and soccer compared to how players receive the ball and be put under pressure so that awareness is knowing on the offensive side where your teammates are and what you're doing with the ball before you receive it otherwise bang you're getting hit Turnover. Okay. The other segment is movement of players. So to start with, there is no offside in futsal. You could technically have a player cherry pick and just stay on the opposite side of the court. But remember, there's no hiding. So if you do that and you just leave him there, you're going to play 4v3 the entire time. Now, if you're able to defend well with three players, it might work for you because if you can win the ball and quickly counter, yeah, you could try and play out. But the court is much smaller so that a goalkeeper, for example, could quickly come and read the situation and take the ball. It it just depends. So really in this segment, it's about movement of players. Now what that means is I mentioned earlier, there's what I call soccer syndrome. And a lot of players in soccer pass the ball and they stand still like a flamingo. Now if you don't know what a flamingo is, it's a bird that doesn't move. They'll literally stand in one spot for, I don't know how long, but too long. And they'll stand there, and then they'll lift one leg, put it down. Lift the other leg, put it down. And then move three steps, right? So I I use this reference of a flamingo because in futsal, you can't be a flamingo. You need to pass, and you need to either rotate or adjust your position. So let's say you're a winger, and you play back to the fix. You're either going to rotate into a specific play, or you're going to show again for the fix to try and receive the ball. Maybe it's check away, check back, 
Maybe it's drop an extra three yards. Maybe it's make a run inside. Maybe it's switch with the pivot, right? There's some sort of movement that needs to happen the second you make a pass. And if you don't, you're going to get exposed when you play top talent. And I'll give you an example of top talent. Last summer, my 09, really it was 2010, we played up. We played in an 09 bracket at the World Futsal Championships. We played a team from Brazil. And I wish I was making this story up, but I hope it helps you understand. We played a team from Brazil and lost 15-0. to We got walked off the court. And I loved it. Because it does two things. One, you could see the quality of those players. Their rotations were very good. The awareness of those players was extremely high. The technical skill of those players was ridiculous. And their ability collectively, the movement, was phenomenal. We got walked off the court. We were down 3-0 in four minutes. It was that fast. But it's a great learning experience because that shows how you have to get better fast. And how some of the world's probably future professional players are training. And the level that they're at. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of reference. Now, the next side is the speed of play. And I talked about this with the awareness part in terms of the seconds difference between soccer and futsal of how much time you have. So in futsal, a lot of people, I think, have this confusion that it's freestyle or it's like street. No. Futsal is a lot of passing, changing positions, rotating, two, two, three touches maximum, sometimes one touch. You're going to see some moments of 1v1 for sure. But if you go watch professional foot, futsal games on YouTube, you can watch me play at the World Cup. I'll give you the link in the, uh, in the description of this, of this podcast. And you'll see probably 80% of the time it's control pass, control pass. Maybe a little fake sometimes, three touch, pass. But you, you still have 1v1 moments, don't get me wrong. But the game is just so much faster. So go watch elite level futsal. I'll give you a clip of mine and I'll give you a clip of of a couple of pro teams in Belgium and you'll see the level and how fast it is. And there's a lot of moments of quick interchanges of play and then you'll get an instance of 1v1, an instance of 1v1, an instance of 1v1. And, And that'll lead right into the next point of 1v1 skills. In futsal, this comes down to the hiding part again. You can't just be a player that controls and passes. You can't. You can't. Because, again, you're going to get found out. You're going to be exposed. Because what's going to happen is there's going to be probably, I'd say 20% of the time, you're going to be put into a situation where you have to try and play 1v1. And that's because you're not going to have an option for a pass. And that's because somebody tried to rotate. It didn't work. And now you have to improvise and come up with a solution to win your 1v1. And in soccer, a lot of players develop skills that are passing-centric only, which means they don't develop the technical skills in 1v1 or the confidence to take somebody on. But in futsal, again, there's no hiding, so you have to have those skills to try and beat somebody one versus one or else you're going to get beat. Okay? And the final one really is the aggression standpoint. And I don't mean, you know, go out and try and hurt somebody. That's not what I mean by aggression. But futsal is a completely different game to soccer in the sense that since the game is so much faster and it's end-to-end, the game is so much quicker that if you're not aggressive and you're not flying out to try and block shots 
or to put pressure on the opponent, if you don't do that, you're going to lose. Because you're going to play against teams that are going to be a little bit more street savvy, so to speak. And they're going to be a little bit smarter. And they're going to be a lot quicker to apply pressure to you. So as an example, in futsal, from set pieces, so these would be things like kick-ins. There's no, in, in FIFA rules, there's no throw-ins. So what happens is the ball starts with a player on the floor. They pass it into somebody. And usually what happens from that is they try and get a shot every time from a kick-in. So if you're not flying out to block the shot, you're putting yourself at risk to give up goals because you have to be aggressive in trying to quickly pressure the opponent so they can't get their shot off. Now, again, this comes down to hiding. A lot of players, they feel pressure on the futsal court because if they don't do well, bang, they're getting hit. They get scored on their head drops or something like that. And in futsal, you need to be very on top of the op- of the opposition in their face because if you give them even a half a step they can score and that's because the toe is a fantastic tool in futsal and it's funny because in soccer especially in this country American coaches the typical American coach hates the toe they'll tell players don't use the toe and that is so far incorrect that players need to have use of the toe. It should be a tool. It doesn't have to be their preferred method of choice, but it should be a tool. And to give you a reference, Ronaldinho scored one of the most famous goals ever in soccer in the Champions League semifinals against Chelsea, 2006. He gets the ball right on the top of the box, and I kid you not, four Chelsea defenders are within six yards of this guy. He does a little Brazilian dance, so to speak. Toe poke. All the defenders back off. They think he's going to get ready to pull the trigger to shoot or or do a pass or something. Completely surprises everybody by poking it with his toe. Ball flies in bottom corner. Even Peter Cech, one of the world's greatest goalkeepers, stood there and couldn't believe it. He was floored. Just shocked. Completely shocked that Ronaldinho used his toe. Didn't even dive didn't even dive because he couldn't believe that he just popped it with his toe. Where do you think Ronaldinho learned that? Futsal. And and actually, I'll tell you, me as a player, I take shots all the time with the toe because it's an element of surprise. When you try and pull the foot back to shoot, everybody knows you're shooting. But if you toe poke, literally your foot just needs to go forward from where it's standing. So if you just lift your foot and pop forward, there's no delay or build-up time to shoot. It just, bang, shot. So it's a surprise element. And it really helps to give players that edge on the court because it's such an effective tool. Now, as a quick summary for you, I want to help you out. I really do because what what I've found in this country is there's a lot of soccer coaches that want to get into futsal, which is great. I like it. We need kids to play futsal. But as a parent, you need to be very careful to look for specific futsal training because I have seen programs that have said, hey, we're offering futsal and they're literally training you like it's soccer. So that's obviously a big red flag, a big no-no. So if you see somebody doing this, run away and get out immediately. Okay. Now, 
Basically, somebody that isn't going to do the right thing. Let me rephrase it. What, what I'm going to tell you first is the right thing, and then I think that will help you understand. Okay. So when it comes to futsal and you're doing a futsal practice, I happen to learn from a guy that is a pro futsal coach in Belgium, and he's actually a licensed instructor by the, Bel- instructor by the Belgian FA to, for all futsal courses. So he's the head instructor for all futsal courses in Belgium. So I happened to learn from this guy. And he ex- his name is Coach Walter. And he explained to me how a normal futsal practice should work. From, from a general standpoint, you're going to have variants, right? You're going to have specific practices for certain things. But for a general overview, this is what a practice is going to look like. You're going to have a warm-up. And it's usually going to be a technical warm-up with coordination, some sort of physical activity, right? Whether it's coordination through cones, push-ups, upper body work, something like that. Okay, the next step is jumping into rotation training. So that's in whatever system the coach is trying to develop, the 3-1, the 2-2, 4-0, as an example, right? They're going to do specific rotation training. Now remember, rotations are where players move into specific positions as plays to try and break down an opponent. So that would be the second thing that you're going to see. The third thing is an implementation of the rotation with defenders so then you're doing a specific say game-like situation that allows you to work on these rotations in game so you literally practice a rotation or rotations and then you're adding in defenders and you're running the rotation and trying to develop it and then the final set would be the game full-sided game usually 5v5 and you can play with the numbers a little bit maybe you build into 5v5 and again it's about implementing those rotations and and that's a typical futsal practice, right? Now, a very big important thing is, and I need to make sure I tell you this, is that in futsal, you must use the soul. You must use the soul. If you don't use the soul, you're going to get exposed and you're going to get found out on the court, okay? So if you go to a program and they don't follow that general pathway of a warm-up, a rotation activity, an implementation of that rotation, and then a game, be very, very careful because it's probably not a high-quality program. Now, again, there will be practices that aren't specific to that. So you'll see practices that maybe are 1v1 or 1v1-based games like that. And those are okay. But the general underlying principle is what I gave you. Those four steps for a futsal practice. Okay. Now, the other side is if you see players not using the sole to receive the ball, somebody's not teaching them correctly. Very big no-no, red flag. If you see players controlling with the inside or the outside of the foot, that's a big, big, big red flag. Okay, so make sure that you're going to a practice and you're seeing the players use the sole. Okay, so hopefully that gives you an idea of how a practice should be run for futsal. And hopefully you understand a little bit better how futsal can truly develop better soccer players. And... As a last fact for you, if you go to Brazil, the reason why Brazilian players are so good is because they play futsal heavily until about 14 years old. And I'll give you an example about me. I went to Palmeiras at 13 years old for about a month. And uh, we trained futsal the entire time except twice. And I was 13. That's because they'll change the players if they want to go play soccer at 14 years old. But imagine how good their individual and collective skills are on that small-sided court. They're going to dominate 
players. That's why Brazilian football is historically some of the best players in the world. Right? I mean, just exquisite players. Phenomenal players. And that's because they're using futsal non-stop. It's incredible to watch the level of their players. It's really just a a different beast and a different animal. But it, it truly develops greater talent. Okay? That's the end of the episode, guys. This was sponsored by High Soccer Arena. And they have some of the best facilities for indoor soccer or futsal. So if you're looking for a great venue to get to, go check out High Soccer Arena. It's in Orlando. See you in a future episode. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're enjoying the podcast and finding valuable information from it. Now, I do have a quick ask of you, and that would be to make sure to follow me on all social media platforms like Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, which is at Kyle C. Wilson Official, and on Twitter, which is the Kyle C. Wilson. And if you could help me do that, that would continue to help reinforce the ideas that I want to continue producing content specifically made for you guys to help educate you. And as always, you know I'm there to help as I have $23,195 worth of content available for free through my YouTube channel that will answer and help a lot of the problems that you're going through, or at least your child's going through. So if you haven't found that yet, go to the YouTube channel, Kyle C. Wilson Official. And without further ado, let's get back into the episode.